All right, guys, anthropomorphic races, species, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. What animal, besides like the obvious cat, dog, blah, 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 in your everyday life, would you be most terrified of running into an anthropomorphic form? Shark. You run into sharks in your everyday life? No. Oh, in everyday life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you were like just walking down the street and it was like, I don't know, a half man, half pigeon, anthropomorphic pigeon, that'd be a little fucked up. Some kind of bug. Like cockroach, spider, yeah. mosquito. Oh, a spider? How many arms would it have? Six. Six? <laughs> Six arms, two legs, eight in total. Yeah. Like but a centaur kind of But why not form? Oh, what? Okay, well, we've got those kind of already with like some of the... The driders. Yeah, the yeah. driders. Thank you. I was going to say the, the lolth creatures that yeah. aren't drow. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, the driders. Uh, yeah, spiders, insects, and uh, going with sharks still? <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, no, now that I'm thinking about it, like, every day, a bear, I run into bears pretty often. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I see at least one bear a year, I would call that often. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think raccoon people would be kind of neat. Eh, they'd be neat, they wouldn't be scary, though. No, I wouldn't be scared of them, but I think it'd be a really, I run into raccoons all the time, they're they're nifty, they're fun. Yeah. I think we can get up some, some real mischief. Welcome to the It's a Mimic podcast, where you never know what you're going to get. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of It's a Mimic, where we continue our conversation on playable races in Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition. I'm Kyle, and with me today are James and Dave, and this episode is called Putting the More in Anthropomorphs. In this episode of the It's a Mimic podcast, this panel of Dungeon Masters will be sitting down to look at three more animalistic playable races, or lineages as Wizards of the Coast calls them now, because 5th edition seems to be leaning into the anthropomorphic side of character creation more than any previous edition. We have animal people upon animal people, so let's let the fur and feathers fly as we break down Kenku, Leonin, and Tabaxi. When it comes to beast player characters, we have three birds, two cats, a half horse, a half bull, a half goat, a hippo, lots of dragons, a samar, a rabbit, a lizard, a fish, an elephant, a fo- frog, a turtle, a snake, and insects, as well as shifters and simic hybrids to top it all off. Some people care there's no dogs. <laughs> I don't know. I think halflings are kind of close. <laughs> They're loyal, they travel in packs, and they get really excited about food. Uh, okay, all right. Yeah, fair. fair I'll give that to you. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. there's dogs. Never mind. All right. <laughs> all right, guys, before we get into this, we're going to cut to a quick ad break. We've previously covered quite a bit in our discussion on player options in 5th edition. For all those episodes and more, you can follow or subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and dozens of other podcast apps. And if you'd like to support us, you can donate through the website, check our store, or join our Patreon and get access to other episodes and series. If you'd like to pay for some ad space on It's a Mimic, or just shout out to a friend, please reach out to us through our email and website that are listed in the show notes below. Before we continue any further, I would just like to thank Orion for becoming our latest Patreon member. Thanks so much. We're already having a good time chatting with you in the Patreon Discord. There are three shows that are being released later in the week. One of them is a legend lore where Megan and I sit down and talk about one of the third-party supplements for 5th edition, and in my opinion, probably the best one I've seen so far. 
That'll be available on the Patreon for Silver Tier subscribers. Additionally on the Patreon is going to be a bit of a debrief where I sit down with Megan and her longtime L5R game master. We go over her homebrew campaign that she ran and what it was like for her to DM. And finally, available on the regular channels and on YouTube later in the week is going to be the next episode on Undead, where we cover not just more skeletons, but the beefier, scarier ones, all the way up to Skull Lords. But before we can do any of that, we gotta finish this episode. So let's get back to it. Alright guys, so I have a couple questions. Do you guys prefer to play the standard fantasy races, the weird planar nonsense, or um, the anthropomorphs, and why? Let's roll some initiative. Right. Yeah. Well, oh, net 20. Oh, and but then got knocked off. Reroll, Kyle. You really fell off, Kyle. No, all right. All right. Five. Oh. Suck it. All right, so Kyle had rolled Fun. a nat 20, and James came in and knocked Kyle off of the board with his own nat 20. That just... That's so okay. No, so Saving the best for last. Us. It's fine. All right, well... I can believe that. Let's hope if that it. helps you sleep at night, let's we'll, hope we'll that's go with the case. that. It does. Okay. <laughs> I believe that. Uh, for me, it depends on the game you're playing and who you're playing with. Playing some of the weird, especially planar races, a lot of players, at least I've played with, they're a little complicated. And they wouldn't like playing with a character who has these abilities. Whereas other groups of more experienced players would love that extra added something to a game. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, I find that I don't ever really deal with the weird planar stuff. Um, I don't have the best, uh, or it's not my strong suit, uh, with descript, like to use description. See, I'm not even doing it now. Like describing things is not my forte. Mm -hmm. So I struggle with that, not just as a DM, but as a player. So getting these big grandiose visual things to me is really hard for me to put that into, onto paper. Does that okay. make sense? Yeah. So, so I don't, I tend to steer clear of that. It also normally adds... Uh, I play a lot of Eberron to me. That would be something like the Kalash Tower. I know they're not extra planar, but they kind of fit into that uh, weird yeah, other little yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, so I don't like that would add another mechanic, right? With this, like, other, like, it's just, it adds more, which I think in some cases is good, but in my scenario, for me personally, it takes away more. Mm -hmm. But let me tell you, the Anthromorphs, I've done them a couple of times with the one shots. I've done the Lizard Folk and the Heron Gone, and it's a, it is a blast. Uh, they're gimmicky. You can have fun with them. Uh, every animal has their own little, like, you know, the, the heron gons, they hop, they're rabbits, mm -hmm. right? Lizard folk, they talk a little funny. They maybe sound a little bit different than everybody else or something like that, right? Like, mm -hmm. you can really get into them and lean into, like, the, the, the features of the animal a little bit more and have a lot of fun with it. Okay. Right? So I think it's yeah, probably a better jumping off point for a character. Exactly. Especially one that, like, a, like a one-shot, like I was saying, yeah. that I'm not going to really super flesh out, but I want to be able to have a little personality. Yeah. Right? Okay. I, per, me personally, I'm pretty indifferent to all of them. I just like a well-written character, and that's what gets me going. You know, like I, when I'm making a character, I think like the lineage is the last thing I come up with. Like I'll come up with a story idea, and then I'll try to figure out everything else, and then I'll try to pick the best one that I think fits with the story or where it can go with it. Yeah, you try to use your storyline to fit that. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Fair. Uh, so, besides dogs, what kind of anthropomorphs do you want to see next? And what do you think would make them unique? James? Oh, we've already said some, but um, that's a hard one. There's a lot of good creatures that could be done. I'd like to see a capybara. Okay. 
the, the friendliest of all animals. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely pleasant to be talked to, most friendly person, but it's a barbarian. Yeah. So as soon as the fight starts, they just lose it. Absolutely go feral on you. Foaming at the mouth, everything. Yeah, all right. They got those big nasty teeth, yeah. too. All right. Yeah, I, I mean, again, it's that's a hard question because, like, there's so many different kinds of uh, types of animals, even, like mammals, water creatures. I think water creature anthropomorphs would be a lot more interesting than, like, you know, we've got rabbits, we've got elephants, we've got horses, we've got bulls, we've got everything. But, you know, what about the underwater creatures? I, I want to say, like, uh, anthropomorphic octopus. Okay. I think that would be interesting. Like, how would you even describe that? Octopus in a trench coat doesn't even need to be an anthropomorph. Yeah. Would it be like an octopus head? Well, that's kind of an illithid. Barbosa? I guess it is kind of an <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Well then, well shit. Uh-huh. All right, all right. Uh, what about um... uh, anglerfish with the like light on the front of their head? <laughs> Isn't that the guy from SpongeBob? I don't know. I didn't watch SpongeBob. What? Yeah, neither I'm, did I. I'm, I'm a little too old for SpongeBob. Uh, yeah, I have a niece. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. And roommates love SpongeBob <laughs> too. <laughs> so it was mentioned earlier, but I like the raccoon one. I especially like it if you made it have like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle kind of background. You know, they got into some goo that was like thrown away in a dump or like from a lab explosion. And now they are like the best artificers in the world, like just making stuff from the junk they find in the dumps they live in. All right. If the raccoons are the turtles, what animal do you get to play the splinter splinter role? Oh, a skunk. A skunk. (laughs) All right. Let's move on to breakdowns. Uh, Let's roll again to see who gets to go first. Kyle's waiting. So get, oh, 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 15. I'm just going to... You're doing it on purpose now. <laughs> this time, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. You're doing terrific. Yeah. Third time's a charm, buddy. Oh, Kyle with a 17. Oh, shit. No, oh, I'm Dave. Come on, man. Oh, no, two. Two. All right. All right. Uh, so, I guess I'm going to cover the Kenku first. So, starting off, what does a Kenku look like? Well, let's take a raven or a crow. Make it about five feet tall. Take away the wings and the creepy bird legs and (laughs) make them into humanoid ones with bird-like talons. Humanoid creepy bird legs? Yeah, they're like scaled. Okay. And But they're like, if you look at the picture, they're like muscled like a human leg, right? As opposed to the little sticks that they normally have. All right, so I'm thinking like a flamingo foot, only beefy like a human. Yeah, kind (laughs) of. Love it. And that's basically a kenku. You know, uh, to me personally, I think you should be able to change the coloration to any bird that can mimic stuff because that's like their main thing, like a parrot or I don't know if toucans can, but that's what I would like to see. In terms of their lore, so it's changed a bunch from when they first released uh, to now. Um, In fifth edition, it started off in Folos and their lore was that at one point they were servants to... uh, some kind of mysterious and powerful entity on another plane of existence. They don't really go into who it is, uh, but eventually the Kenku tried to betray him uh, and steal uh, an object of great power. So for that, this entity decided to punish them by taking away their wings and replacing them with arms, taking away their speech. So now all they can do is mimic other creatures and take away their creativity. So they can't come up with new ideas on their own. They can't even make up new sentences. They just kind of can only repeat what they already heard. They tend to congregate in bleak cities 
which is often among the few places that actually accept them, and find themselves in the employ of thieves' guilds as messengers and lookouts, normally living up high in rickety and decrepit towers uh, that they are unable to repair themselves, and dreaming of a day when they one day may take to the sky again. Sapped of their creativity, they are unable to produce their own art or ideas, but are masters of recreation, making them prized as scribes and artisans. They are also capable of making copies so good that they are almost indistinguishable from the original. This makes them ideal minions, being unable to keep, come up with their own clever plans, so they turn to someone who can. Uh, robbed of speech, they would communicate by repeating phrases and noises that they heard in order to convey their thoughts, ideas, and emotions. And although all of that was scrubbed in Mordenkainen's Monsters of the Universe, and now their lore is simply, nobody knows where they came from, but there are a lot of rumors. <laughs> all right, so make it up yourself. Yeah. Fair. Okay. Uh, in third edition, uh, they were mostly neutral evil and considered secretive, selfish, and cunning often being employed as assassins, thugs, and spies, and their str strength lied in numbers, uh, almost always working as part of a team to accomplish their goals, which mostly revolved around gaining as much money as possible. Uh, they have a couple stereotypes, you know, squawking thieves, you know, a little cowardly, obsessed with treasure, curious to a fault. Uh, I like the idea of one being so obsessed with like shiny things, <laughs> but having no concept of value, so it might be, like, really taken by a soup ladle, but it doesn't care at all about opals because they don't shine enough. Okay, I like okay. that, yeah. Uh, for racial bonuses and mechanics, uh, in Volos, they get Expert Forgery, which is later renamed to Expert Duplication. Uh, this gives the player the ability to gain advantage to recreate another's handwriting or craftsmanship. Although this also changed in Monsters of the Multiverse to allow you to recreate your own work as well. So they have creativity now. Um, I'd like to see a tool proficiency added along with this. Because, I mean, if they can recreate anything, wouldn't they have like a tool that they would be really good with? I feel like that recreation gives them that tool proficiency. I feel like if they're recreating something, they have the tool proficiency for whatever tool that is, whether it be tinker's tools, blacksmith tools, forger's tools, doesn't matter. But if it's a new, unique creation, mm. then they should have a tool proficiency. Okay. At least that's how I would do it. Yeah. I don't know. Do they really need it? Like, well, proficiency? Like the tool proficiency? I feel like oh, not if you're recreating because you are an expert in recreating. Like, sure, but like, there's not a recreation kit. Like, well, that's exactly it. If you want to be a unique Kenku, I guess they have creation back, so it doesn't overly matter. But yeah. the idea of being a unique Kenku who can create, well, you need to be unique in some way. So sure, but I would just tool, give them. I, I sorry to interrupt, but I would just give them something like a calligraphy kit. You mm -hmm. know, you've got the the tools on you that you can make these copies without having to go and, like, source out the proper inks and stuff like that, right? That, that's all i do. I wouldn't do, like, a, a tool kit, but, like, I guess modify it. Yeah. Right? Modify it to work. Uh, fill in that gap that I think they probably have. You're right. There is a gap there. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Uh, although I think you make a good point when you said, um, you know, you would consider they already have it. Because yeah. it isn't being proficient with a tool just that it gives you advantage. Yeah. So okay. you're not getting anything out of it. Mm. for having that unique proficiency while you're forging a pair of gauntlets while as sewing a dress. 
Okay. Because you're copying it as well. But if you're making a unique wedding dress and you don't have that proficiency, I would give them a slight reduction in chance at least. Whether you lower the DC or raise it a little bit because they don't have that unique proficiency on a unique item. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is like, it's a really interesting thing that they've got with that. Like, they can recreate duplicates of things yeah. because mimicry is their thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They can only speak through mimicry. They can only, like, they're good at the other side. I, I wouldn't have thought of that myself. Like, that's a, a neat... It's a neat way to look yeah. at it, for yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. See how that talent leeches over yeah. into other aspects of their creature, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that's what they made it part of the lore, right? Is that they can't create anything themselves, so they're very good at just creating something that's already mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Uh, so the next thing they get is Kenku Training. Um, that has been renamed to Kenku Recall. Uh, this gives the player proficiency in two skills of their choice between acrobatics, deception, stealth, or sleight of hand. However, when it changed over to Kenku Recall, um, you just got to pick between any two skills to get proficiency in. Um, Mimicry is the next one. This gives the player the ability to mimic sounds they have heard, including voices or noises such as rocks falling or a door slamming shut. A creature that hears the sounds can tell they are imitations uh, with a successful insight check opposed by the Kenku's deception check. But this is later changed to become a... like a save DC. Uh, so in Monsters of the Multiverse, uh, the DC is 8 plus your proficiency bonus plus your charisma to be um, against their insight check. Sure. Which I think is better. It's yeah, less rolling. I, I like that too. Yeah. 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 Now, in the case where your players are facing the Kanku, who's now made a mimic, but they don't know, like let's say it's a door closing mm-hmm. around the corner. Do you automatically make your players roll that insight check? To know if that sound is real? Because they have no other reason to call out, is that door sounding a Kanku closing, right? Yeah, but that kind of gives it away if well, you exactly. call for an insight check yeah. when they hear that noise. Well, that's why I'm asking. Yeah. Now, you'd, ha- you'd have to be like, hey, is that real? Right? Like, if, if you say you just came into a room and then you heard the door behind you slam shut, right? But you can't see it. You think, oh, did that actually happen, Right. But you had, uh, no. let's say at this point, you had no clue you were ever encountering a Kanku that could mimic. And you had no prior instant of random door closing but not closing. Mm-hmm. So how would your player ever call that out? When you're trying to make, especially you're trying to make the point of, you hear the sound of a door close. That's an interesting point. I'm, I mean, you could maybe do a passive insight thing. Or it's like if you have an insight of a certain... I tell you right now, what I would do is I would just make them do um, some sort of roll to see if it was even close to being the mimicry that, you know, if if I'm just going to do a d20 roll, yeah. if it's a good roll, then it passes by without it. If it's a poor roll, I might get you to roll a die and see what happens without telling you anything. Mm-hmm. Because honestly, I like doing that sometimes anyways with no reason whatsoever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just mixes it up a little. Yeah, okay. Um, I mean, that's probably how I would handle it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 I, honestly, yeah. for all of these scales, I think they're pretty niche. Like, I don't see them coming up in a lot of campaigns. Like, I think it'd be good for a political intrigue campaign, right? Where you can make fake documents mm-hmm. and, like, get people in trouble. Or, you know, if you have to collect a bunch of items. But I don't know. Yeah. The only reason to bring it up is because DMs need to remember if your player can use it, you can use it against your player. No, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, for languages, um, in Volos, you could read and write Common and Oren, uh, but you c- 
could only speak using the mimicry trait. And Orin is the... The bird language. Okay. Um, which doesn't really make sense to me. Like, they can read, right? And they can make the sounds, so they recognize words, and they know what they are. Why do they have to wait for someone else to say it, and then they can only repeat that sentence? Is it... like So, like... Were they cursed? Like, is this... Yeah, that was part of the curse. So... They took away their voice, their wings, and their creativity. Well, that's why, right? Like, yeah, because of the curse. Answer. Yeah, it just, it, it prevents them from from doing that, right? Yeah, okay. I mean, it's it's thin, it's weak, but... Yeah. Because of a curse! Like, yeah. But, I think, I think that's probably why. Either way, they changed it in Monsters to allow them to read, write, and speak common, and then one other language of their choice. So they don't have that limitation anymore? No, not anymore. Okay, good. I remember we played with a Kenku one time. Actually, I'm not even sure if I was in the campaign. I was playing with Justin. He was a Kenku. Oh, yeah. And, I again, I don't think I was actually there for those sessions. But I can only imagine. I was always hearing stories about how annoying the Kenku was. Because they <laughs> yeah. say the same things. I don't think that Kenku lived long. Uh-huh. No, I don't think so either. His, his characters didn't seem to live long. No, they long. definitely don't seem to live long. <laughs> no, but most of them seem to antagonize someone in the party. Yeah, normally it's his wife's character, yes. though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she's normally the one to kill him or allow him to die. Well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... For role-playing this race, you know, if I was going to use them, I'd try to mimic a crow's behavior as much as I could. You know, clever. They're going to be be using tools. Empathetic to their own kind. You know, capricious. Easily distracted by shiny things. Yeah, and when you get to your family reunion, you're going to have all sorts of great murder jokes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and loyal to their nest family, right? They're like, once you're in with them, you're in. Mm-hmm. But they're going to be paranoid of you until you earn their trust kind of thing. Was it Kenku's that we were doing? It was a Candle Keep one-off that we did. They ended up going into the Shadowfell. Maybe spoiler alert, I don't know. And there's the, there, they got red cloaks. It was the bird people in the Shadowfell. You guys came across the Vistani Travelers. I don't think I was there for that one. No? I want to say they were raven people. But I can't remember if they were specifically Kenku or not. Was the story going somewhere? No, I just like I'm trying to I'm trying to like think of where I had run into like these Raven characters. Oh, okay, before. okay. Sorry, my mind's going a million miles a minute, <laughs> uh, but my mouth isn't keeping up. So uh, I'm over here now. Now I'm back over here. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. We've all been there. Uh, for combat tactics, I mean, they're going to try to get their jump on their enemies. They're going to use pack tactics. So, and I see using a lot of feints, right? So. You know, attacking from one direction until the party commits to an attack that way and then running away from that one and then the guy showing up in the other direction and like shooting them down, right? It's just going to be like quick attacks in and out. They are kind of cowardly, right? They're not very big. Seems like this would be a good rogue. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, So let's roll some initiative and talk some questions. Let's do it. 17. 13. Big old four. All right, talk some questions at me. All right, Dave, give me a quest idea for these guys. Uh, these guys, uh, I if I had a Kenku, I would want him to be almost obsessed with figuring out how he can fly again like his animal cousins. Yeah. I think that would be the thing. That would be like, you could do so much with that. It doesn't even need to be a main storyline, right? You could do that through... Through leveling up or through, you know, town time or whatever, right? Mm. Like, it's just such a... If I was a bird and I look like a bird and I walk like a bird and I can make bird noises, but I can't fly, 
That's a pretty shitty bird. Yeah. Looking at you, penguins. Yeah. <laughs> For me, along the same lines of flight, but on the opposite side, cut the flight feathers of every other bird race you encounter. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> if I can't if have I can't anything fly, nice, no one can fly. <laughs> Jesus. All right. Okay. So as you go out, there's just a grounding of all bird creatures. I was in the expecting you to travel. say it doesn't matter because birds aren't real. Well, the birds are part of the government. They are real. Yeah. <laughs> They're surveillance equipment. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Why do you think they stand on power lines? <laughs> That's <laughs> how they charge. charge. Yeah. yeah, okay. There okay. you go. You guys okay. are on board. Okay. Yeah. All right. So this isn't... The first one isn't really a quest idea. It's just an image that I had in my head. And right. I really wanted to, hurt? To, to mention it. Yeah, I did. And my genius sometimes is painful to me. Oh, it's painful to us, yeah. too. Yeah. Uh, so it's a pirate parrot kenku with... A human-shaped homunculus that sits on their shoulder like the parrot. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That'd be a good character for the players to encounter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It'd be a great NPC. But yeah. as for an actual quest idea, the other one I had was... Um, so they live up high in these, like, rickety towers that they can't repair because they just don't have the ability. So I, I like the idea of, you know, they got scared out of it for some reason. So... And they get the parties. They ask for the party's help to clear out whatever's in there. Like, say it's an old wizard's tower and they woke up the ghost by accident. But it would be really fun, like, going through it and there's just, like, a shitload of natural traps. All right? Like, floorboards just give out underneath them. Like, rubble collapses from the ceiling. Just make the party paranoid as shit. On the idea of that, too, we can do in the opposite, where you get a group of Kankus wanting the party to take them to an intact wizard tower. So they can mimic their tower back to oh. proper scale. Okay. All right. So they oh. have to survive this trip through a massive jungle where they're trying to more or less get themselves killed for every shiny glint off the water in the river. Yeah. And you have to get them there and back alive so they can <laughs> fix their tower. Jesus. Okay. I like that a lot. And you just have the party herd cats for four or five sessions. Yeah. It's the world's worst escort mission. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Dave. You got any role-playing tips for us? Uh, you know, I think the one thing I can say with the Kenku is, that, like, to me, when I think Kenku, I think mimicry. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think there's a lot of good role-play opportunity with that. But I also want to say that you can make it grow old real fast. Uh, my my role-play tip on this one is, wait, if you're going to play Kenku, play it at the right table and read your audience and, and know when you it's going to kind of be a problem. Yeah. Because I think that it probably will eventually be a problem, right? Yeah. They do talk about that um, in uh, the flavor text where it's like, you know, you're probably going to piss off your party if you're constantly like repeating it. So it's better to explain what your character is doing, right? Like yeah. say my character is making the sounds of rocks falling because he's angry. Yep. Or he doesn't like this. That being said, I don't think it should scare you away from being a Kenku. Mm -hmm. Just make sure you're doing it at the right time, at the right place, right? Like, mm -hmm. it's, it's. I think with most of the anthropomorphic creatures, uh, time and a place. Yeah, right? Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's good advice. On a similar line of a time and a place, but as a Kenku, you're not learning what you're repeating the day you met your party. You had years of life before that where you've heard a whole bunch of other things that you can use to form sentences. Mm -hmm. So just because you haven't heard go around the left corner with your party doesn't mean you can't say it. 
I would pick and choose what you say. Don't have a full vocabulary. More niche, the better. But nonetheless, there's more words you can use than what you just heard with your partner. Why use many words when few words? <laughs> yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's perfect. That's a great yeah. example of it. You don't can't fill a full sentence, but you can use enough words to just get your to, like, point make across. Grammatic errors. Yeah, grammatic yeah. errors. Yeah. Instead of saying specific, you say Pacific because you've never heard the word specific. How many times have you, you done that, James? Dyslexia is a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dave. Uh, how about exploration clues? Um. I think, you know, honestly, I thought that it would be really interesting, like you were talking about this, like high up village, rickety village. I think a large series of nests. It was just like in a jungle top canopy where you could move around. Okay. But it's just like a series of nests and you got to like explore getting through that. And like, I don't know, I, I think that's like the idea of going through a creature's nest is a very, you get to really know the creatures, mm-hmm. right? So I, I think that if you were going to, you know, kind of explore Kenku and what they are and who they are and what they are. I, I feel like that's what you're going to have. You're not going to have, um, you know, your your Kenkus in a city. Yeah, they exist for sure, but like they're their own villages. I would think it would be that kind of, you know, right. abandoned thing. So you have any kind of weird animal skeletons you could find in the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> just a whole bunch of Aarakocras that they just murdered. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, for me, having the party traveling and see, getting little figurines left of them at every single time they go to sleep. So they'll have a new little figurine of one of the characters, but in a moment that no one should really have seen them. <laughs> so they're getting clues that something's copying their likeness yeah. every single night, but they don't know what it is. Oh, okay. So the group of Eric or um, Kanku following them. And just giving them hints that, like, we like you guys, we want to be friends, but we don't know how to interact with you. Yeah. So, here, this is how people know. We're copying you. You know it's a mimic. <gasps> all right. All right. Interesting. I'm just, as soon as you said, you know, catching them at moments when nobody was supposed to see, just like, I just imagine a statue of, like, a hand. <laughs> wow, Kyle. Oh, oh, come on. Now we know what you do I guarantee you. I guarantee you. I Well, yeah. Hold on, hold on. People aren't supposed to see that. Uh, <laughs> well, sometimes they pay for it. Depends on what you're into. I, well, I was mean, gonna say, like, that isn't that why I live stream? As long it, as they're paying for as, it, it's fine. Yeah, as long as it's consensual. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't. I don't like that pause. <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, for me, I think they would be invaluable resource inside of a city, uh, especially one that's built like a rabbit warren. You know, with like a lot of dead ends and gang territories. And when your party is trying to figure out their way through, you know, this these Kankus could... Through Google Maps. Yeah, yeah, Google Maps is showing you around. I want like, to go here, and they're like, okay. Yeah. This is how you do at the next exit. Yeah. Or this is how you do it without dying. Like, you yeah. don't want to go into this territory because these people will murder you. Yeah. I think that these guys are also the perfect uh, messenger to, like, get a riddle across. Mm-hmm. Right, because they're going to be speaking in what they know, but it, it it's not going to be your perfect understanding of the language. It's going to be a little off. There's going to be a puzzle there. It's a riddle, right? Yeah. Okay. I think I think you could work that into these guys. They could be like you know that uh, the kickoff yeah. to a quest kind of thing. Oh, interesting. Like they're using their mimic mimicry traits to give you like a bunch of pieces. Yeah, yeah. For one thing. Yeah, but they can't they can't figure it all out, right? Yeah. But they can. They can recite 
pieces of the puzzle back to you. Yeah. But you got to try to figure it out. Okay. I, I, I think it could be an interesting yeah. thing. They listen to, to eight with. people telling them the solution to the problem, and they're only giving you one of the eight voices at a time. Mm-hmm. Do you have eight people talking in your head, James? Seven. Seven. <laughs> Don't be rude, Dave. The eight guy's quite pleasant. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Dave, how about combat? Uh, I mean, these guys, to me, are very roguey. They're going to be get in, use your bonus action to get out, hit hit hard, hide yeah. in the shadows. That's mm-hmm. that's combat to me with these guys. Yeah. Uh, I don't see too many of these guys being paladins. Uh, and if they do, it's just going to be for Heronius every time they speak, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, not, not even the god they actually represent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like the idea of maybe these guys being spellcasters, yeah. and they only know how to speak the words of the spell, so you'll ask them a question, and they'll accidentally cast Fireball. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that's all they know. That's all they yeah. learn. That's all they, you know. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I think that uh, these guys just got rogue written all over them. That's how I would probably do them in combat. Yeah. They got their, like, nimble little feet and stuff. Like, it's just, it seems to, to fit quite well. Yeah. Is there any kind of rogue that you would go for in particular? Assassin. Yeah. These guys, they're, they're shadowy, mm-hmm. sneaking, sneaking around. Yeah. That's what I get from it. I don't see too many of them casting spells like Arcane Trickster or anything like that. No. Yeah. Uh, maybe, th- what, Thief is that? Thief and Swashbuckler, I think. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. <laughs> your, your parrot guy would be the Swashbuckler. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> maybe Ranger. Like, if you're looking for something outside of Rogue. Yeah. Okay. It gives you some of the... You can mimic other animals, so when you're hunting the bears, you can mimic some bears to try to pull them in. And if you can be a ranger, you can be a druid. Yeah. Mm. And that's probably as far as I'd go with it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you have any uh, tips for combat? or If you're doing Rogue, hit hard. If you're doing Ranger, try to avoid direct physical combat. Stay as far the fuck away as you can. Use your mimicry to your advantage. Yeah. Right. Use it for battlefield control. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, okay. Like, like you, you know what I'm getting at with that? Like, it can really... You can mimic the sound of someone casting fireball from where you are. Yeah. To distract attention or to alleviate attention oh, on someone else. Yeah. Pull attention away from the spellcaster yeah. towards you. Pull okay. aggro to oh, you. So you okay. Can, you know you can take a hit before your sorcerer can take a hit. So if someone's taking a hit, you could use that as a way to draw... Or help draw the attention. Okay, yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, use it to bluff your way through stuff as well. Yeah. Maybe he can make the noise of, you know, other people coming down the hallway. Oh, that yeah. kind of thing, the right? sounds of running feet or yeah. something, yeah. Something like that, right? Like, you can have some fun with it. There's there's a lot you could do with that in combat. Yeah. yeah. Right. Great. Uh, who was next for their character? Levi was with oh. Tabaxi. So, Tabaxi, also known as Jungle People or Catmen, are a feline humanoid type race from the jungles of Mesoteca. Mesoteca, what a weird name. Do you know about that, Dave? Sorry, no. No, I thought it was one of your um, Magic Gathering realms. Mm, nope. No, isn't it in Chult? Never heard of it. Well, anyways, that's where the Tabaxi are from. They're taller than humans, generally about six to seven feet. Their fur colors range from light brown to light, or light yellow to brownish red. As it goes to the proper lore, Tabaxis have eyes that are slit pupils, similar to cats, green and yellow. But as a lot of races, especially the anthropomorphic ones, play whatever creature you want that is of that race. Mm -hmm. Want to play an all-black cat, an all-white cat, go ahead. Yeah. It makes no difference to the actual game, so enjoy yourself. Yeah, hell yeah. Tabaxi society is built around clans, and most of the clans are split evenly between males and females. 
Tabaxi sometimes live in layers and stay in one place, but they often move around. They're a nomadic group of people. They often do not like to trade with anyone. You know, they like to use their claws as weapons or their teeth. Yeah, it sounds like cats, all right. Yeah, they're just yeah. basically a human size, if not bigger, cats. If tabaxis do trade with outside groups, they usually do it through a third-party proxy. So that'd be one interesting way to bring them into a game. Hey, I know a guy. Yeah, I know a guy. <laughs> Uh, most tabaxis won't t attack any other sentient race, especially a group of race, unless they're an extremely degenerate type of clan. Like what? Like what? You, Dave. Like me? I'm not a clan. Eh. Yeah, but you're a degenerate. So you I'm can not bring a few more degenerates together and you got a clan. <laughs> tabaxi fighting me on the, like... <laughs> yeah. Edges of... Okay, all right. Just yeah. Dave. Just a bunch of Daves. Can you imagine? Uh, they're sometimes hunted for their pelts or enslaved. That's pretty messed up. It is pretty yeah. messed up. I feel like they make terrible slaves. <laughs> Always sleeping in the sun all day. Yeah. <laughs> Climbing up on top of high things. Yeah, well, I mean, like, think about trying to teach a cat a trick. I know, if you get him young enough, you can do it. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, Suri taught his cat how to shit in a toilet. Yeah, people teach your cats to do a lot of things. Yeah, I've done that. Yeah. That's not really a trick, though. Like, well, you gotta trick them to do it. Like, it's, it's, it's a process. cat, anytime he whistles, he'll jump onto his shoulder. Yeah, okay, I'm not, I'm not saying it's impossible to do it. I'm just saying, how many cats do you know that can perform also, tricks how many cats are versus dogs? Right? Like, every dog you can meet can sit no. and lay down. Okay, well... <laughs> a lot of dogs I know will not listen to proper commands because they're not trained. No, well, we yeah, it's okay, so shitty owners, but that's... That just still okay, defeats your point, Kyle. <laughs> no, it doesn't, because, I mean, that is a pretty small fraction. Yeah, you're right. Dogs are far more trainable than cats. Yeah. Cats will be like, you'll be like, hey, cat, don't do it, and they'll understand what you're saying. Oh, yeah, they know not to do it. And then they'll do it anyway. Yeah. yeah. It's the staring you down while pushing the glass yeah. of water off of the counter, right? They're assholes. Yes, exactly. It's, it's cat thing. It's fine. That's why we like them. Uh, More than dogs. I'm learning a lot about you tonight, James. Yeah. Have you not known <laughs> any of this, Dave? At this point, I'm more learning about you if you didn't know this. Fair. So you get a few uh, unique traits when you play a tabaxi, like feline agility, which allows you to double your speed for well, double your speed in the next movement phase. But until you move zero feet in a single round, you're not able to use this feature again, which is pretty nice. You can move 60 feet generally with it used once, stop for one round, and then move another 60. Yeah. And if you play something like a monk, you can throw massive amounts of speeds onto that. You also get cat claws, which allow you 1d4 plus your strength modifier as an attack. And you also get to the proficiencies in perception and stealth, just for being a feline. Makes sense. Yeah. I feel like they should also get disadvantage in water. Nope, there actually is, says in the lore that they are particularly okay with water. Okay. Some cats are, because they're based on I... more on jaguars and panthers, okay. who are creatures who don't give a fuck about water. Yeah, that's fair. Alright, well, I mean, do they get nine free death saves? I wish. That'd be kind of cool. <laughs> that huh? would be. Yeah, if they fall from any height above, you know, five feet, they land on their feet. Yeah. Yeah. I think they would break them as a playable race and no one would play any other oh, rogue type. they still take damage. Yeah. <laughs> they just land on their feet. That's fine. Yeah. Many so many broken legs. Yeah. a lot worse. Let's uh, roll some initiative. We'll do some questions. Oh, a 15. Oh, or six. I'm going first again. Yeah, Dave, give us a quest. A quest for tabaxi. Um... I mean, clearly hunt down the mice and 
you know, rid the mice them, folk. Yeah, rid, rid the rats. The city. Go yeah. wipe the mice yeah. folk out from the city. Yeah, yeah the were rats. Kyle's the, right. Okay. The were rats. Yeah, like that's. It, I mean, that's right there. Yeah, yeah. It, it seems perfect. Go find the mystical ball of yarn. Honestly, if I was gonna play in a campaign with with cat people, yeah. it would be so fucking adorable, and it would just be over the top trying to do cuteness overload, <laughs> right? Like, oh, it's cat. I love cats. Cats are great. Let's yeah. have some fun with it. They're gonna be, Meow. You know, there's gonna be lots of kneading. Yeah. All right. All right. Like, oh, you know, go to rest for the night. All right. I circle, knead the pillow for a second, decide this is not the place, and then I go and sit somewhere. Scratch at the door. Somewhere inconvenient to everybody else. Yes. Yeah. At 3 a.m., halfway through your rest, I jump on top of you, put my claws in your chest, and then lay down on top. No. Yeah. And start purring so you accept it. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, for me, it's, uh, so in their lore, it talks about uh, they love mysteries and lore and learning stuff. And they get obsessed about certain things. So, like, a particular treasure and stealing. So I like the idea of, you know, uh, this tabaxi recruits your party to help him, them, s steal a particular treasure, right? But then this tabaxi betrays you by using you as a distraction. You, like, your party getting caught as a distraction for it to go in and steal something. And then I think it would be a good intro to a reoccurring character that you are battling constantly um, in your quest to re recover a bunch of items. So every time you go to get a new item, you also have to, um, you know, stop them from getting it while trying to get it yourself. So you run into them multiple times? Yeah. So every time you run into them, it's going to be the, oh, look what the cat dragged Yeah. Yeah, every time. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I like that. That's a good idea. Uh, for me, just a simple go between a village as their proxy to buy stuff. Yeah, and have it at most have another village attack you, your group, because you're buying for the other village. Mm -hmm. are, are they very territorial? Like, do they no, not like nomadic groups yeah. for the most part? So okay. they don't overly care that you have this territory. But if Group A is getting a bunch of iron to make spears, mm -hmm. Group B may be a little worried because of their family feud. Yeah, okay. All right. All right. Uh, Dave, role playing. How would I role play a tabaxi? Hmm. Uh, honestly, I would probably just do, like, some sort of, uh, like, apathetical character that really actually cared. Mm -hmm. You know, just like a, yeah, no, it's fine, whatever. But, like, no, no, he... Secretly. Looking yeah, like, no, it's, yeah. it's fine. I don't care. Yeah, I just like it. And, and I think they would be purposely confrontational. Like, very passive-aggressive, but, like, directly confrontational. You mm -hmm. know, I think that's, that's what, that's the vibe I get from these guys. Right? So, like, James. Oh, yeah. Just in general, I would play James. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> good choice. Uh, okay. Better than a Dave. Uh, I don't know. I, I got a whole army of me coming to attack, right? But a bunch of delinquents coming. They didn't say they were you. No, degenerates. Degenerates. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, get not, it right. You're not man. wrong either yeah. way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for me, the only thing I can really think of is aloof. You know, like yeah, you never really know what it wants, um, but vengeful too. Right, like if you <laughs> if you fuck with them, they will not forget. They will not forgive, and they will shit in your clean laundry at the first opportunity they can. <laughs> right, just doesn't you matter. You did to a cat to get them to treat you this way. I, I don't, but I mean, I've heard stories. Right, like um, my one friend uh, when he first moved in with his girlfriend. Right, the cat fucking hated it. He was <laughs> jealous, didn't like him being around. He would the cat would only shit on his pillow. And would shit on his laundry, right? And that was, he wanted him to get out. 
Maybe they were love poops. Like, I love you. I, I, no. No? Okay. Right. You don't leave love poops? When if I did, okay, Dave, Dave you, have to, you have to remember, that. not everybody is a degenerate. <laughs> Somebody's getting a love poop. Later. <laughs> James, how about you? Uh, for me, a similar standoffish, but I'd pick one person in the party that it, that's your person. Yeah, okay. So, like, they want to do something, you're like, yeah, I'm on board. I'm going with them. Someone gets in their face, you're immediately backing them up. Mm-hmm. But as soon as they try to be nice to you, you're a dick to them. Yeah. They're like, oh, thanks for the help. Go fuck yourself. I'm not <laughs> helping you. I just hate that guy. <laughs> Anthony. Anthony. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, one of our one of our Thursday players, yeah. yeah. All right, uh, Dave. What about exploration clues? Um, I don't know. Flavor to me for the cats. Like if you are exploring in caves and stuff, this guy is going to have some sort of um, uh, advantage. He's going to be going up high and getting the the, the, the lookout. You know, the, cats like to know what's going on around them, and they will climb and get up to where they know that they can see everything. He is going to do the same. Or, sorry, the character is going to do the same. Yeah. Uh, and that's probably, like, uh, you know, do a little more explory that kind of way. Kind of get up into things and uh, use the terrain a little more. Yeah. Right? Not just, you know, walk into the room and blah, blah, blah. Try to, you know, actually explore. Mm-hmm. Right? All right. Uh, for me, I think they would make a great resource. Like, I would love to have them as an NPC. I think they got a lot of fun lore and a lot of fun backstories. I, I recently just... Um, did an episode about emerald dragons and I would really like teaming them up together especially after you talk about being a go-between like emerald dragons they love lore they love collecting stuff but they don't want to talk to anybody right? they do all they can to avoid everybody so I think this would be a good team combo thing yeah uh, for exploration a lot of if you're at least if they're your party's trying to find or they're interacting with a tabaxi tribe especially a lot of small little animal gifts mm-hmm. would be a great way to introduce <laughs> them so the party's ex- like they have their edge of their alarm spell the tabaxi's know exactly where it is Me and poop. there's love little, poop yeah. love poop there love yeah poop. exactly yeah. little love poop there yeah. for you little turd of friendship mm-hmm. yeah. a little ball with a bell in it yeah, like little things, little yeah. gifts, you know, maybe a bit of meat for your party to eat. So okay. I took down a small deer for you guys because it looked like you guys were hungry. Yeah. How often is your character coughing up a fur ball? It depends how often they are, have access to water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, they would need it fairly frequently. Like, they gotta. I'm not drinking water, like cleaning water. Cleaning water? <laughs> yeah. Your toilet water? Depends <laughs> on the cat. <laughs> Dave, you're not helping yourself with this whole degenerate label thing. <laughs> I wasn't trying to. Okay, okay, okay. I have an image to uphold, thank you. Yeah, okay. Uh, Dave, how about combat? Combat. Uh, these guys don't seem like frontline fighters. These are going to be your tacticians, your back row archers, your mm-hmm. uh, support. Yeah. Right. I, I think that that's... They will probably be the first player to speak up in an interaction, but they will also be, you know, not the first player to pick up arms and uh, get into the thick of it, I don't think. Not unless you really piss them off, right? Uh, very apathetic. Mm-hmm. Would rather just avoid the hassle than anything, I think. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I definitely second line. That's how I would kind of do these guys. I'll focus on that. Again, probably more ranged weapon, ranger, rogue type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would definitely go, like, inquisitive rogue, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I agree with you. It, it's a stalking hunter, right? 
like it is going to wait for the right moment to strike. Go in, try to take it down in a single go. Yeah. Yeah, I think these are pretty much slam dunks for most of the anthropomorphic like creatures. Yeah. Uh, elephants are big and tanky. Loxodons are. Mm, uh, yeah. Tabaxi are sneaky. Um, Kenku are roguish as well. Like, yeah. There's an, an archetype almost mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to each one that you can really lean into. I think it should be pretty obvious for yeah. most. Yeah. I would do hit and run rogue. So, yeah, you will go into the front lines, but you're not staying there for more than your attack. Yeah. And if you pick up an alarm feat and with your already high decks, you're going first. So take targeted attacks. You already have that advantage. You already have assassinate. Why not do a targeted attack? If I'm doing all my 66 to the guy's head, even if I roll poorly, that's not a good day for him. I like the idea of running, like hitting and then running away, but doing like completely needless parkour while you do it. Oh, always yeah. up on the chair, parkour. Jump up on the chair and then the table and then do a flip and then run back the way you came, yeah. but then break left and go back to where you were and jump up here again. You know. Yeah, and then use your feline agility to do it again. Exactly. Uh, there you exactly. Go. While you're yelling parkour. <laughs> parkour! So many office uh, references tonight, hey? Uh, all right, Dave, I think you're up next. All right, I got the Leonin, and let me tell you, I love the Leonin. Uh, I have played a Leonin Barbarian, and he was the best. His name was Xenthos of the Shalemane. Uh, Dan actually wrote a song about him. If you guys write in and bug Adam enough, though, I bet that Adam will post the video of Dan singing the song. Oh, all right. I would so love just, to see this. Right? Uh, I'll show you afterwards. I got it on my phone, but, you know, visual yeah, medium. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I, I got it. It might take me a minute to find it, but, okay. but it was good. Uh because his name was Xenthos, it was to the Menthos theme. Um, so, yeah. Okay. It's, it's good. Yeah. It's good. He, he played the guitar. Like, he did a great job. Like, yeah. Okay. Very good. Uh, Xenthos is now dead. Uh, they killed Xenthos the last session. I was not there. Uh, oh, that brutal. It, it sucks, but I mean, this is my, my hunting time year. I was away. This uh, it, it happens. I didn't want to be the holdup on the campaign. Yeah, yeah fair enough. Is. I'm not bitter about it. Yeah. Not at all. Not at all. I didn't yeah. want to see how he died. It's fine. Mm. It's fine. It's okay. I'll make a new character. It's okay. Uh, but yeah, no, Leonins are great. Uh, Kyle, you and I played a lot of Magic the Gathering. Mm-hmm. And when we did, it was all Theros themed. It was like 2014, that kind of thing. Uh, and Leonin were heavily featured uh, yeah. in those. A Johnny... Uh, the Mentor of Heroes. Yeah, I got my three of those. Oh, yeah, I got one that gives you 100 life. Yeah. Right? You start the game with 20, but if you activate his top ability, you get 100 more. Yeah. That is real shitty. I love it. It's yeah. great. <laughs> so it's absolutely wonderful. The, the Planeswalkers are OP, and I think a Johnny's got, oh, probably more than a handful of Planeswalker cards with his name on it now. Yeah. There's, like, there's white ones, there's green ones, there's white and green ones. Yeah, and then there was a couple other ones, too. Yeah, he's all over the yeah. place. But uh, these guys are cat people. They're lion-esque, okay? Uh, they've got big manes. The women do not, obviously. Uh, and in the book, they call them mostly tawny, which is like brownie color kind mm-hmm. of thing, like brown. Uh, but they do range and vary from like gold all the way to black. Like, it's not just the one, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, these guys are specific to Theros, but you can pretty much plug them and play them just about anywhere. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they are medium creatures, but they are quite large. They are probably at least six feet tall. Uh, some of them do get up over seven feet. Uh, they are quite, quite big. Mm-hmm. Uh, they make tabaxi look, you know, like dwarves to humans kind of thing. They're, they're big animals. Did, well, tabaxi actually get up to seven or yeah, eight feet. Six, yeah, oh, do they? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. My, but they're skinny, right? right? And, and I imagine Leonin is strapped. So more yeah. like, uh, barb- um... 
Giants. Yeah, Giants to um, elves. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's some brawny character to some scrawny string. Yeah, they they are they are big, but again, still medium creatures. Uh, because they're big and bulky, they do get a plus two to con and a plus one to strength, uh, which, I mean, that, that tracks, that's great. These guys are meant to be barbarians. Uh, it's, it's their class, um, for, you know. Uh, they do have cat eyes, clearly, uh, so they get dark vision out to 60 feet, uh, and they, of course, get the cat claws as well. They do 1d4 plus the strength modifier, and it specifically says they're retractable. Yeah. Mm. So you can maybe have some fun with that. That opens it up a little bit. Uh, they are large and they are fast, so they do start with a 35-foot movement as well. Nice. Uh, again, they are from Theros, and in Theros, they live in an area called Oreskos, uh, which, think of it as big, large, open plains of rolling hills and stuff. You're going to find all sorts of creatures roaming around through here, uh, but this is where the Leonin mainly uh, reside. They uh, are tribal, and they're a matriarchal society, but they do have cities as well. They do kind of roam around a little bit, uh, but they do have their cities as well. I don't know if you guys know, but Theros is quite a pious campaign setting. There's lots of religion. It's all about the gods. It's very Greek-themed, right? Mm -hmm. The Leonin are not. They had a bad deal with uh, a god way back when and generally don't trust them. And because of that, the gods tend to leave them alone. Leonin are fierce. You don't go in there. Like, the gods leave them alone, okay? These guys are, are warriors, mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, there's all sorts of really cool areas throughout Oreskos you can like explore and stuff, but but uh, yeah, they are natural hunters. Um, they gain a proficiency in either athletics, intimidation, perception, or survival. So it's kind of neat. You can kind of pick uh, what their background is. They do speak Leonin, uh, which is their language. Their languages is named after themselves because sure, why not? Why not? Right. Uh, but they also get common as well. <clears throat> uh, a lot of the groups that would interact uh, with them only send small envoys in. They really do like their isolation. Uh, they will look kind of suspiciously at outsiders, but that doesn't mean that they still won't communicate with them. They are open. It's just very um, d delicate. Uh, and again, these guys, uh, packs of them are called prides because they're lions, right? Yeah, fair. Makes perfect sense. Uh, Another ability they get is their Daunting Roar. So as a bonus action, they can make a roaring um, attack, I guess, which you get to pick which creatures within 10 feet of you have to do a wisdom save, uh, or they become frightened of you until the end of your next turn, and you get those ones per per uh, short or long rest. Mm. What's what's the save? How does it... Uh, it's 8 plus proficiency plus con. Okay. So it's it's manageable, but it's mm -hmm. it's still pretty good. The fact you get to pick's pretty... It's nice. Yeah. It, it makes sense because I had it a couple of times when I would be surrounded by some guys and I would let out the roar because it is just a bonus action. I'm still getting my attack in there. But uh, I'll scare the bad guys away and make them move, but my allies aren't moving either, right? Mm. Yeah, I feel like that should give your allies automatic advantage, but they should still have to roll against it. But I understand why you wouldn't have your allies roll for it. Yeah, maybe in the right scenario it would. Yeah, well, I mean, like, why would you be afraid of your teammate yelling? Well, that's why you would have advantage on it. Because if you're not yeah. expecting him to let a blood-curdling roar of, I'm killing what's around me, gets your subconscious, especially if it's a lion and you're a human. Yeah, but I mean, if it's... Not the first time they heard it, right? If they know that this is a thing that the Leon does. Then on that subject, if 
the person, the army you're fighting, knows Leon's duet, they shouldn't have to worry about it either. That turns well, into... Well, no, it's not the... Like, it's not... But on his subject, they already know it exists from a Leonin. They're not surprised by yeah, it. Yeah, but it's... the enemy shouldn't be surprised It's one it. thing for your buddy to do it, and another thing for the thing you're fighting to, like, rear back, you know, fang showing. We're talking about seven-foot lion, like, in yeah. Face. Yes, yeah. exactly. Even if you're friends with that seven-foot lion that's right beside you making that yell, I feel like even as an ally, you should have to make a save against that because that's still scary. Uh, There's primal instincts in all of us that react no matter what we care about. I get because it's a game, this is a lot easier just to hand wave your allies don't are immune to it or whatever. And then that's the reason reason why they do it because you're allies, whatever, who cares? But overall, I still think... Your ally would have to make the same save. Maybe at advantage because they know you do it, but I feel like they should have to make the same save, logically. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I'm I'd not about disagree. changing the DC for, for allies. Like, yeah. I, I play with the numbers quite a bit yeah. while I'm DMing, uh, and that's kind of one of the things I might look yeah, at. Yeah, like your allies have an easy time doing it because they know you do it, but... Again, I think it would probably have to fit the context yeah. of, the, of the conversation. If you were going to go in with a PC that was Leonin and knew that it was going to be a confrontational uh, discussion, you're probably going to be waiting for this. This is not going to happen, mm-hmm. right? But if it's out of nowhere, they flip, they, they rage, and they start screaming, eh, maybe in the right circumstance I could see it. Yeah, I'd have to disagree. I, I don't. Yeah, again, I think it would have to be the right scenario. Yeah. But, uh, I'd, 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 no. No? No. I did never. I would never make an ally do it. Yeah, see you. No? Yeah. Uh, when a Leonin walks in the room, though, they almost, like, you notice. They, mm. they command respect, okay? Uh, and if you don't, you can, you can end up on the wrong side of a Leonin pretty quickly. Uh, they are very eager to fight and show that they are better than everybody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, they want to show their superiority, and they're not afraid to do it. That being said, once they've done their, they've proven that, they're good with it. They're done. They're not going to hold a grudge. They'll move on. Not that the one who lost might not, though. Right. So uh, it actually gave me a lot of ideas about, you know, like the Lion King and, and Scar. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, me too. Yeah. You just, oh, well, you know, you lost. Well, yeah. You know, it's lurking around in the shadows. Uh, I think we can probably come back to that in the, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the quest side of things. Mm-hmm. But um, they do, they do tend to fight quite a bit and they're rather abrasive because they want to fight. Mm-hmm. They want to provoke you. They don't want to kill you. They don't want to hurt you. They want to show that they are better than you. They want to spar with you. They want to wrestle with you. But it's not even physical. They just maybe want to argue with you. Yeah. Right? Leonins are smart. They are, uh, they can be scholarly. Uh, I did mention that they were a matriarchal society. All of the uh, prides come together once a year and they actually elect uh, a person, which when translated from Leonin means speaker. And the speaker is the one that interacts with the outside world mm-hmm. uh, and, and kind of communicates between. The Leonin doing their own thing and everybody else. So yeah. it's, it's a very interesting society in that manner. So the speaker, is it a woman? It doesn't have to be. Okay. Okay. Uh, in fact, in Theros, it currently isn't. Uh, the speaker is uh, Brimaz, who there was actually a couple mm. of cards. Yeah. You, you're familiar? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he, he was the speaker and has been for quite some time. They elected every year, mm-hmm. but he's actually been re-elected many, many times. So there's like there's a lot of rich history that goes on in Theros. Uh, in relation to, I mean, everybody, but these guys in particular. Like, yeah. There's a lot going on there. Okay, cool. Yeah, uh, most of them aren't very pious. Like I said before, they they don't they kind of shun the gods and the guns shun, shun shun them in return, right? So 
But uh, they do, in the book, give you this neat uh, little god table uh, for Leonin. Let me just pull it up here real quick. It uh, Essentially, you roll on a d6 table when you're making a Leonin, and it gives you their attitude towards gods. Hmm. Just to pick a couple. The first one, I'm amused by the antics of the gods and their earnest, but ultimately deluded mortal champions, and I feel smugly superior in my detachment. Yeah, I like that. I like yeah. that. Uh, another one, I'm certain every bad thing that happens can ultimately be blamed on the gods, but I roll my eyes at each new twist of fate and try to get on with my life. So it's built right into it. It's just a D6 table. I won't read them all, but yeah. uh, there's, there's yeah, some nice little a nice, It's a fun little flavor, yeah. Yeah, I kind of like how they, they added that in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, yeah. All right, cool. Uh, yeah, let's ask some questions. Let's roll up. Rolling. Oh, all right. Oh, oh. Oh! Knock oh. Dave's off. Two. Two off. <laughs> oh, 20. All right, Dave. Give us uh, some Lion King-inspired quests. Some Lion King-inspired quests. Uh, yeah, so essentially your father dies, and you end up with um, a pig guy and a little, I don't even know what Timon is. A pig Oh, a warthog. Yeah, that's that's Pumbaa. Timon yeah. and the other guy. What's he? He's Meerkat? Uh, Meerkat, yeah. yeah. So you end up... No. Um... Honestly, there's a lot that you can do with, with, with this. If you were going to uh, branch out, maybe they're trying to... Your your character uh, is trying to make a name for himself, make a name for his tribe. Um, you know, honor is a very, very malleable thing to play with. Uh, and these guys are just chock full of it. These guys are, are honor-bound barbarians. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in my... It's how I see them anyways. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I would I would probably play with, with that side of it. Just kind of question them and, and make them... Um, proven themselves yeah. right yeah i what i liked about them too is um there's tribes right but then there's also clans that operate independently of the tribes like there's night swifts oh yeah and there's yeah. uh sun guides and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. yeah 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 there's there's a lot of different <clears throat> yeah stuff going on with the leonins um for me if i had a quest if i had a leonin player character uh, I would want to use something involving the speaker of the cra- tribes. Yeah. Like uh, maybe the speaker of the tribes was possessed by a demon or something. And uh, it is trying to turn Oreskos from a democracy into um, a dictatorship. And maybe that's if you were playing, if the character in the party is maybe exiled, you could make that as a reason why. Political intrigue. Yeah. yeah I like that. That's interesting. Yeah, and then eventually want to go back to... Uh, get this speaker out. I, I like that because it's a very different political landscape than what most people are you are you normally play in like the urban political landscape. Yeah, that's very different because now you're. I mean, it's a different hierarchy, right? Like yeah. they're changing it a lot. I like that idea. Uh, keep it simple with just a battle competition between groups. They invite people to their lands every year for this competition, or every ten years, or every hundred years, or whatever for whatever the MacGuffin is, and your party has to go win not necessarily win the fight maybe be friends with a group that's gonna win to get that prize and help them win it's a lot of ways you can get the overall win okay but i'd be a good way to allow a party both the parties that want to do battle and the parties that want to have some political intrigue make friends with all the high rollers all the big bidders all the big fighters because if they win on your behalf you still won Hmm. and the parties that want to fight well go have your fight Here's three sessions of just continuous battle. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, giving Helio, the party a lot of options. Helio has a tournament. Yeah. Yeah, he's the sun god. Yeah. Uh, they would probably 
some might show up to that. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, of, of all the gods, Heliod is the one that they're the most chill with because sun, uh, they're in the sunny plane. Like, just, a lot of it fits. Or this yeah. could give you a lore reason within your world why they don't have to respect their gods because they win this tournament every year and none of the gods' representatives can touch them. Before you do that, do your research on Theros, yeah. though, because that can really change the landscape quite easily. Hmm. There's a lot of political intrigue and this and that going on in there. Already. Yeah. But yeah, good, good thought. Huh. All right. Uh, how about role playing, Dave? Uh, I mean, these guys are your brutes. They're big and strong. Uh, when I played Zenthos, the, the thing I had right at the top of my page was confidently incorrect, uh, which was a lot of fun. Hmm. But I think you're going to get actually like. We laugh at that, but I think that was an actual thing that you're going to come across a lot with Leonin. They're going to be very big and confident. They're big and strong and have big, strong opinions. And they're going to flex those. And if you come across as meek or, or you know, weak-willed, they're just going to walk all over you and steamroll you, even if you've got the better idea. Yeah. Right? They are, they, they exude confidence mm-hmm. almost to a fault. Yeah. Okay. And I would probably exploit that on the role play side. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I would agree with you there. Um, uh, what I said was fierce and proud. Do not respond well to insults. Right, no. like they are going to get pissed, and they, they seem almost godlike. You know, like even the gods fear to tread on their lands. I actually think they could make a great warlock patron. Okay, like something along the lines of a hexblade, right? Something like that. I, yeah. And work it out, but it just something like maybe they get their power from the speaker. Yeah, and you can really fuck around with that because when the next speaker election comes around, is it the same speaker? Do oh, they keep their power? Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Are your powers tied to the local election? Yeah. <laughs> God, I hope not. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, for me, I just had the ideas of arrogance and pride. Mm. Yeah. 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 Pretty. Uh, how about exploration or clues? Uh, I mean, these guys are plain dwellers. I think you take them out of that. Uh, it can be a real fish out of water. It can be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that these guys are knowledgeable. Uh, they are smart. And if they have questions, they're going to ask them. Yeah. So if you put them in a scenario where they're not familiar with the customs, like, again, these are Theros characters. If you put them in Ravnica... How are they going to react? Yeah. Right? That would be weird for them. That would be very weird. It would be like incredibly strange to see that interaction. But they're going to like really ask those fine questions. I I think that when you've got uh, a a character that's coming from such a different background going into an urban background, Mm -hmm. uh, you can explore that. Like there's there's so much depth there you can really rip into. Hey, my... them going from top of the food chain to, oh, to yeah, yeah. not, being not knowing to where they are in it. It'd be hard to adjust, yeah. 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 Um, for me, I, I don't know. Nothing really stood out with them. I mean, it's planes. Like, how much exploration do you have? Although, I do really like the sun's mirror that yeah, they the, got. The lake in the right? middle of the planes? Yeah. It's, yeah, lake in the middle of the planes, and it doesn't move no matter what the weather's like which really pisses me off because I wrote that in another thing. And I thought, I, was, I thought it was so original. And then I saw it and I was like, son of a bitch. How long ago did you write it? Uh, like three months. Ah, oh, damn. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't move at all. And it's just like a perfect reflection of the sun. And then you can sometimes see visions in it of the past or the future. It's really cool. Yeah, that was really cool. Like, 
Like I was saying, man, there is so much lore going, like ripping into the Leonin here for the little bit of prep that I did. Mm-hmm. I am stoked on Theros. Nah. It was great. Let's get, let you know, I, I want to look more into this. Right. Yeah. Uh, James, what do you got for? Um, kind of th- see him as kind of Anthony's in our other campaign, where he <laughs> doesn't care if there's a trap on the other side because he's gonna kick that door open. Yeah, yeah. Anthony is our dwarf barbarian, and his name is Ulfgar, <laughs> and he doesn't check to see if doors are unlocked. He checks to see if uh, they'll move with his boot. His yeah. most common phrase is Ulfgar rushes in. Yeah, yeah. Or I rage. Yeah. But that's kind of how I see Leonin when they're out of their element. So they're in a dungeon that they're not used to traps on the planes. So yeah. why would there be a trap on this door that looks like it's trapped? Yeah, that's why a coward way. Why would there way. be a mimic on this chest? Because yeah. that's uh, a coward's way. So he'll get himself in a lot of minor injuries because he's overconfident and overly arrogant. And when his party points it out, it only compounds on himself. Yeah. So they're like, you know, there's traps. Like, no, there's not. That was a mistake, and continues to do it. All right, all right. I like that a lot. Uh, Dave, combat. The one thing these the the Leonin are missing is a bite attack. I feel like they really should have one. Yeah. They should be able to get in there and grapple and bite. Now I know they got claws. That's pretty cool. But I mean, one d four plus strength. Like that's that's neat. But that's not game. Like that's not. I'm not going to use that. That's a last resort. Yeah. That's now I don't have to carry a dagger. Mm-hmm. Right, that's all that is. But I, th- I think that uh, for combat, I think that these guys are going to be up close in your face. They are grapplers. Uh, they are wrestlers, right? Uh, Olympic themes. Wrestlers. Wrestlers. <laughs> We're gonna wrestle. Uh, but uh, like again, this is very Greek. I'm thinking Olympics, Olympic yeah. wrestling. Yeah. Like this is this is up their alley. They're like that's that's what you're gonna get. You could get a barbarian that doesn't even use an axe. Maybe they're just boxing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they got brass knuckles of some kind, right? Like, like I think that uh, combat-wise, these guys should use that hand-to-hand a little bit more as opposed to relying on, on weapons and tools and stuff like that. I think it, they're, they're, right, they're the right race to try that with. Yeah, okay. Right? Cool. Cool. I like that a lot. Um, for me, Daunting Roar belongs on a barbarian. I, like I, I totally agree with you, Dave. Yeah. Like it's, I, I just see a barbarian. Like I rage, yeah, like when I was a teenager, right? I played a shit ton of Diablo two, and with the barbarian, you got your war cries. Yeah, and and like yeah, that was it was the barbarian. Like they did war cry. Like yeah, it's, it's a barbarian thing, right? They should have the daunting roar. Yeah, should right. be a class feature. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I, I, I think you could also make it an argument for hexblade warlock or a blade singer, right? But. Because, you know, they're kind of graceful. They are they're elegant. Still fuck up. They're not dumb brutes. Yeah. They are masters of, of you know, the, it, war is their art. Yeah. But the Daunting Roar is going to be like a central tenant in my thing. I would change it so you can use it up to your proficiency bonus, too. As opposed to once we're a long rest. Um, and, and especially since they have the extra five feet of movement, too. Right, just to chase down enemies that try to run away from them. Oh, it's very useful with a barbarian too. Yeah, because you want your barbarian to be the first guy in most of the time, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, no. Let me tell you, I did, I did the barbarian with the Leonin. You'd love it. It is so much fun. Yeah, yeah. For me, combat wise, barbarian monk to use what you were saying oh, using yeah, with his the additional attacks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you come in with your one-handed greatsword and you knock them blows. in and then, yeah, you flurry of blows no, no. with your claws. Furry of blows. Furry of blows. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot you're one of those, Dave. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. I, 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 got, I got the picture of me dressed up as my character. I'll show you after. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, legit, legit. We did a cosplay thing. 
Oh, um, actually, I did see it. You showed me. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, we we never actually had the session, mm. and my guy has died. So, uh, Megan and Charlie and Dan, and I think I showed it to Mieka and Adam. Yeah. I think they saw what it looked like. And of course, you know, but uh, the people that I played with, I don't think most of them saw it. It's too bad. I guess it's time for Xanthos too. We're doing a funeral on next session for them. So maybe I'll show up like that and just like... Just sit there quietly well, the have, time. A, have a nap on the table. Get coins. <laughs> on, on, top of the, on top of the coffin. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> just have a nap with coins on your eyes. Yeah. All right, guys, before we wrap up this episode, we're going to cut to our last ad break. If you've been inspired by the conversation in this episode, please feel free to reach out and share your creativity and ideas with us and the rest of the community. You can reach us on Facebook and Instagram or on our subreddit, r slash it's a mimic. Also, if you're feeling particularly generous, please follow and subscribe and leave us positive reviews, likes, and comments. Engagements like that help us pop up on search engines and keep this show running. Any final thoughts or inspirations from you guys? Uh, if you're playing any of these as a one-shot type of character, then lean into whatever racial characteristics and also know the table. I say that with almost every race you play, every class you play, know the table and the people you're playing with. Mm-hmm. A lot of people wouldn't put up with a Kanku that's only repeating what it's heard in the last three sessions. Yeah. The point of the game is to have fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Trying to have fun and your friends are trying to have fun too. You're not playing alone. You're playing with a group of people. So make sure everyone's enjoying themselves. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yep. Uh, again, I, I really do like the anthropomorphic characters. Uh, for one shots specifically, mm-hmm. I think that it could probably wear a little thin if you lean into the the animalistic stereotypes. Uh, if you're going to do like a long two three year campaign, yeah, it'll work. It absolutely will. You can absolutely do that. But I think that it does fit better with uh, single use only. Yeah, uh, because you get to explore a little bit more. And I mean, the 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 gimmick is is that they're a humanoid looking blah. Mm-hmm. That's going to wear thin quick. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, you have to you have to have a little bit of character growth outside of their lineage, right? Something that goes beyond it. Yep. Any thoughts from you, Kyle? No, that was pretty much it. All right, so that's all for our discussion on Kenku Leonin and Tabaxi. Make sure that you subscribe or follow and check back regularly to see what inspirations and insights we'll have for you in the future. Next week, we'll be getting wrapped in some tentacly aberrations that will absolutely ruin your party's day. (laughs) Thank you for listening to another episode of the It's a Mimic podcast. If you'd like to support us, we have a donate button on our website at www.itsamimic.com, a store with some It's a Mimic merch, and a Patreon. This episode and others can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and most other podcast apps. Thanks again for listening to It's a Mimic, where you never know what you're going to get. This has been an It's a Mimic production. Please check the show notes for this episode to see links, time codes, and credits, and don't forget to reach out and share your own inspirations. All right, guys, before we get into this, we're going to cut to a quick ad break. You're an ad break. Dun, dun, dun. How dare you? We will sell Kyle for three fifty. <laughs> okay, I think that's a good deal. I thought so, too. Yeah. I thought just-
just ran away from me for a second there. I saw it leaving. <laughs> it's like you went from the light to just blink. Yeah. Yeah. Well, give me a second. <laughs> Leave this in, okay? Yeah. <laughs> so I got distracted by your time and the place and trying to remember what I was thinking. And then a place and a time? Well. Place and a time. Oh, actually, yeah, that's a place and a time actually perfectly helps. <laughs> See you next Tuesday.